It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast, the last episode before National Signing Day 2017. I'm Gabe DeArmond, Brian Austin here too. And what that means, signing day next Wednesday, that means no guests, no phone calls, no worrying about anything Outside of Columbia, Missouri, this is our National Signing Day 2017 preview episode. We will have the review episode next Thursday and then quickly on to 2018, which, uh, Brian, I I said on the board today, that's going to be a fun class to to cover and follow. I mean, I haven't seen anything like this in the state of Missouri. Yeah, it is something going to be new for me as well. I've been with you for five years and... The Doyle Green Beckham, I remember that was going on just as I started with you, and that was fun to cover because he was just such a big name nationally, uh, one of the top five players in the country by almost all the services, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, this doesn't have anybody quite that highly rated, but it's got such depth at high-level guys. It's guys with – and guys that will talk to us too, which is right. always nice because yes. a lot of times – even with the Doyle Green Beckham recruitment, I remember Pete had a – it was a challenge was to get information. Dad. Yeah. and But these guys this year, Trevor Trout, Cameron Babb, and Cameron Brown, all, all those guys, Ronnie Perkins, they all willing to talk and tell you what's going on, and that makes it nice to cover. It'll be fun for the fans to follow. At least in January of their junior year. Right. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so, so what we're going to do, we're just going to kind of run through the Mizzou commit list and, and give you guys some thoughts uh, – this will be review for some of you guys that are on the message board every single day. You, you've heard a lot of this, but we're just going to go through every kid on this commitment list. And it, there is no order to it other than when I pull up the commitment list on Power Mizzou, this is the order in which these kids are listed. So we're starting with Yasir Durant, a 6'7", 345-pound lineman out of uh, Yuma, Arizona. I believe he's at Arizona, or was at Arizona Western Community mm-hmm. College. He is already in school and... Uh, two things stood out to me, Brian. I was told when he committed, or before he committed to Missouri, somebody told me this is exactly what this offense needs at that position. And then another person who covers San Diego State, and obviously he had been committed there, told me he's maybe the best pulling guard that they'd ever seen. So we see six seven three forty five, and automatically think left tackle, but I'm right. not sure Yasir Durant won't play inside. Right, yeah, I mean, just – Carrying the weight he does, he, he sounds like a guy that's going to be an inside. Um, he was originally from Philadelphia, Umatep Charter High School. It's a big-time program in that area. Like you said, he was at San Diego State, got uh, cleared a little late to get there and ended up having to go to the JUCO route. So he's a guy that was has some talent. San Diego State's not Power 5, but it's one of the better non-Power 5 schools out there. So um, it's, it's a guy that they – after a year of playing in college, junior college, they, I'm guessing the coaches are hoping can come in and step in right away and add some depth, that maybe fight um, for that right guard position. It seems like Kevin Pendleton's probably got the left guard locked down pretty well, but that's what I would think he's coming in here to do. Yeah, I would say the goal is be on the two deep this year and mm-hmm. then a two-year starter after that. Um, and clearly, Yasir Durant followed Jim Sterk to Missouri. Um, that was <laughs> very impactful. Uh, next on the list, uh, the most recent guy, Taylor Powell, a quarterback from Fayetteville, Arkansas. And, Brian, I'll let you take the lead on this because you talked to his high school coach who is something you don't see very often, a former Division One head coach. Right, former Tulsa coach, has been played at Tulsa, played quarterback at Tulsa. He's kind of known as a quarterback guru, I guess. He's he's developed a lot of quarterbacks. His son was a great quarterback. He 
He worked with Justin Fuentes there at uh, Tulsa, Tulsa Union. Um, he's now at Owasso High School after spending a year at Fayetteville coaching Taylor Powell. Powell won Gatorade Player of the Year as a senior. He put up crazy video game numbers, yeah. 44 touchdowns and like Seven five, picks. yeah, something. something like that, and 3,500 yards or more. And and his coach said he's got a great arm, and he's biggest thing though he's a great leader. He's a guy that's always working hard to get better. Um, and if, if a coach like Blake, Bill Blankenship tells you he thinks he's got a good arm, then I'm guessing he's got a good enough yeah. arm to compete in the SEC. And and those intangibles, he said he has that kind of it factor that. That stuff. He he said the only thing holding him back from being a, a national recruit was two or three inches, probably because he's just a hair over six one. Um, but I mean, that's worked out in Missouri's favor before. That's the same thing that people said about Chase Daniels, from what I remember. He, Chase Daniel, I'm sorry, <laughs> and he uh, just a hair short, and and hey, it turned out well for Missouri. So I don't know. I mean, you can't say it's going to be that type of situation, obviously, right. but. There's some parallels. And, hey, you know what? Two or three inches is the only thing holding a lot of us back in life, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but Taylor Powell, big picture. Is um, that what she said? That should have been an, that what she said joke. <laughs> If I had, like, editing and drops and stuff, if I was, like, a real radio guy, it would have been in there. But I don't have that. Um, but, it, look, quarterback, to me, you take one every year. Right. This, they've got a starting quarterback for two years. Drew Locke's right. going to start this year. He's going to start next year. He's not going to the NFL. He's going to start. But – to me, hey, you bring this kid in, he competes with Micah Wilson. Mm-hmm. The better one is the backup, the heir apparent, unless you recruit over him, which is certainly possible, but the heir apparent for a couple of years to Drew Locke. And guess what? The other one's probably transferred. Like, right. let's be honest. It's- it, it, Either Taylor Powell or Michael Wilson is not going to finish his career at Missouri. In all that's just kind of how it works at quarterback yeah. in college football, and it happens everywhere. Alabama's got guys yeah. transferring out all the time from quarterback. I mean, Texas A&M's lost guys. Oklahoma's lost. I mean, it just that's just the way the quarterback position yeah. works in college it's, football. It's the only place where only one guy plays. So you take one every year, the best you can get. And look, if they want to transfer, you worry about it down the road, right. and then you go recruit another one. Uh, another another recent guy, Tyree Gillespie uh, from Ocala, Florida. We expect him, he could play anywhere, but we expect him to start at safety. And I mean, this is not your typical. Real quiet, only a couple visits in January, like got offered on January 10th. Mm-hmm. This is a name we heard last May. Um, I had somebody tell me they legitimately think he's like a top 10 to 20 safety in America. Uh, so this is a guy, I evaluate late late commitments differently. Look, if you offer a kid in January, you're probably scrambling a little mm-hmm. bit. There are some question marks. You offer a kid back in May, hey, they wanted this kid. Right, yeah. Just because we have him rated as a two-star doesn't mean – anything to the Missouri coaches right yeah it it has happened occasionally not me personally but I think people in the rivals network maybe um he he played running back at at, uh he was he's from Ocala I forget the name of his school specifically but he played running backs ran for I don't know 600 yards he averaged like 14 yards a carry I think and had seven eight nine touchdowns somewhere in that range and then like you said he plays defensive back for him he uh got good size six foot 200 pounds I mean Safety in the SEC, that's one thing I've kind of thought about Missouri safeties recently. They just don't seem like they're strong enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this guy's going to be – maybe if you're coming in at six foot, 200 pounds, you'd think you could get him up to 210 or something like that and be more like a safety like Alabama has, yeah. like a, like they've had in the past, Mark Barron and some of those guys. Or even be that T.J. Warren right, they, rover type. Really position. athletic linebacker. Yeah. So I, it'll be interesting to see if defensive back's a position that kids come in and you don't really – 
know how it's going to work out, but like DeMarcus AC last year, I don't think anybody had him pegged as right. skipping a redshirt year. So this that's something that might happen with here with Tyree. So it, it it's it's neat seeing all these defensive backs coming in, and they're going to be shuffling up the depth chart quite a bit with five new defensive backs coming in in this class. And the next next kid is also a defensive back, Jordan Ulmer. He's going to be a safety too. And look, outside of defensive tackle. And defensive tackle only because of the depth and the guys they've right. lost and all that. But there is no position that if you watched Missouri play last year and you just said where pick one position they've got to get better, there's no question it's safety. Right. The safety play was – I mean, there aren't kind words for it. Right. And then cornerback, you knew they needed help mm-hmm. there because they lost their two best cornerbacks right. to graduation. So, But there are some guys like AC and Holmes at, at right. quarterback they, or at corner that – that you could see, hey, with another year, maybe they're better. At safety, like, we've seen them all. And outside of Ronnie except Perkins. Except Caleb Pruitt, I except guess. Except Caleb Pruitt, that's right. I forget about him. But, I, I mean, outside of Ronnie Perkins, I'm not sure I saw anybody last year that I thought, yeah, that's a guy you want starting in the SEC right now. Kim Hilton seems like he's got a chance to be like a ball-hawking safety, but he's I not. I still think he's a corner. Like, he's, I, he's got yeah. cornerback size. Right. He's just not, he's not a guy that's going to come up and punish running backs or come up and lay guys out over the middle that much. So um, unless he's able to pack on some weight over this offseason, yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely – you want a guy back there. I think, like I said, the, just the way the the offenses in the SECs are, are, are set up mostly, you want big safeties, guys that are strong, able to come up and help and run support. That's They just missed tackles all last year. They weren't able to bring guys down one-on-one at the safety position. And maybe these guys that they're bringing in, like uh, Gillespie and Ulmer, will be able to uh, help them out with that going forward. Next, uh, kind of a run on DBs, Adam Sparks. Speaking of size, uh, he's out of uh, Louisiana. He's six foot 175. I will say about Adam Sparks what I used to like to say about Jared Perry. You're going to have to watch closely in practice because when he turns sideways, he's going to disappear. Right. Yeah. Um, Adam Sparks is rail thin. Like, I, I don't get me wrong, I, I think he's got a chance to be a good player, but to me, clearly looks like a guy that. You got to get him with Rourke Cutchlow for a year. Mm-hmm. It would be a cornerback. You can come in and play, but but I think that kid's got to have some weight on him first. Yeah, that that sounds right. I mean, th- I guess Demarcus Acey was pretty slim himself coming in, so it just it depends what what kind of depth they need, what they think if they got returning with Logan Cheadle and Finest Stribling and Anthony Hines was a guy that came in as a JUCO and played a little bit, but he didn't do anything last year really. So um, right now it sounds like I mean. From what you're hearing, maybe that Christian Holmes and Demarcus Acey are the guys they're counting on the Logan most. Logan Cheadle. Logan Cheadle is still around. So, and he's been all right, but he's not a world beater. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, it seems like it's going to be pretty much all, all up for grabs could, at cornerback. Yeah, I would, and, and Sparks could be a guy that like he starts on special teams, right? And, like and maybe adds a little bit as the year goes on. Uh, back over to offense for the next guy, Isaiah Miller, running back out of Florida, and running back's an interesting spot because. Missouri brings back their top three guys. Like, mm-hmm. they don't need somebody to play this year. Now, I think they need to have somebody that's ready to play this right. year because injuries happen. So, you need somebody that's that number four guy on the depth chart that, hey, if, you know, if Demaria Crockett gets injured, if Ish Witter gets hurt, if, if somebody gets suspended or whatever, you've got to have a guy ready. But I don't think you have to have a guy that's going to see the field this year. But Isaiah Miller coming in in the spring. Right. You're already on campus. Yeah, you get an extra, what, six months. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's clear. I I think he's got an edge over Larry Roundtree in that, although we'll get to Roundtree later. I think Roundtree probably has an edge in style of play as far as getting on the field early. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of the same thing I was thinking to myself. It, it's that it's hard to make up those six months though. That mm-hmm. that's such a huge advantage for those guys. And uh, like he's running back, pretty set with Crockett, Strong, and Witter. I, you would have to imagine Crockett's coming back in as a starter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then they're gonna let Strong and Witter battle for the backup, and then after that, it, like yeah, I mean, get both guys those ready. Guys will get carries. Right, definitely. Yeah. So it, it's uh, running back is a position that there's probably not going to be a ton of injury got going into spring ball into fall camp. Uh, they get these guys in here, they let them work, see if which one of those true freshmen is ready to be the the fourth guy, the emergency guy, and go from there. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and skip forward to Larry Roundtree and like we list him at five eleven, one ninety six. He looks a lot bigger than that mm-hmm. to me. Just this is a. Look, we know what kind of football Barry Odom wants to play down the road. He didn't play it this year much, but he wants to have a fullback in this offense. He wants to be able to line up and run over you. And Larry Roundtree, like, I I don't get into rankings and this guy's overrated or underrated. I don't watch a lot of the huddle film, to be honest. But watching Larry Roundtree's highlights, and we understand their highlights, I thought, how's this kid not have more offers? Right, and there's one I remember specifically where he just runs right over a guy at the goal line and just kind of Bo Jackson, Brian Bosworth-type collision. And, uh, yeah, that's something that Crockett can do that a little bit, I think. He's got good size, but he he seems like he'd rather try to juke you out Mm -hmm. and run around you. Just It's his preference, not because he's not big enough to run over guys. It's just how he plays. And Roundtree looks like he looks for that. He he relishes it. That's what he wants to do is hit somebody, run them over, and pick up two or three more yards. And then I think kind of our opinions were reinforced. He went to that North Carolina, South Carolina shrine game mm-hmm. and he was like one of the MV, one of the standouts right. all week long. So he's done it against other really good players. And if I've got to pick a guy that, Hey, this is like the Missouri, you know, diamond in the rough. That's the kid I'm looking at. I, I think, and look, I don't know if he's ever a like 20 carry a game feature back, mm-hmm. but he is a piece to your offense. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. All right, now, Elijah Gardner, and we posted on the board this morning. Again, we expect Elijah Gardner to sign with Missouri. Texas tried to get him in on a visit. That's not going to happen from what we understand. Ohio State's trying to get him in on a visit. We don't think that's going to happen. We think this kid's going to sign with Missouri, and it's an easy comparison because it's Missouri. But I have had people from Missouri and not from Missouri make this comparison. They look at him, and they see Denario Alexander. That's uh, Which I mean, you don't get a high, much better high, comparison right. than that. Uh, yeah. Best single season ever by a wide receiver at the University of Missouri, and, and I would I say. And I argue the outside of Chase Daniel 2007, the best individual offensive season a Missouri player has ever had. Right. He, he was remarkable that year. He just couldn't be there, stopped. That there was Kansas nothing State else game, there. Yeah. You knew he was getting the ball, right. and he still had 200 yards every game. Yeah, if, if Gardner can even be uh, half of the receiver <laughs> Alexander was, I'd have a good career. I, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see though. Kids say things, and then right. other things happen. So we'll until we hear something on Saturday, I guess, and he's not anywhere. Then or or even Wednesday, right? Like, let's be honest. Like there was some talk on our board. Trevor Trout said, "I don't have to take an official visit to Missouri because I can go there anytime I want." Right. Elijah Gardner, president have to take an official visit to the University of Texas. Or even Ohio State, you know. for that matter. I mean, you right. know it's a great right. school with great stuff going. The only thing you have to figure out is if do you get along with the coaches. Right. And you won't know any of the players. That would be a little yeah. Yeah. unusual. But 
but yeah, we we do expect him to uh, sign with Missouri. So let's label him coming in as the hope is that he is Denario Alexander with someone else's knees. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> Alexander, man. That's every time I think about him in the NFL, it's just like bad knees, bad breaks. Just couldn't ever get it get it going. He, last I heard, he was still trying to come back, but I don't know if yeah. he's finally. Given up on that or not? I don't know either, but but I loved watching that kid. It'd be a play. guy we should have on the podcast sometime. We should, we should. Maybe we can get some people to respond to messages. <laughs> we'll give that a shot. Um, all right, now this one, this is interesting to me. Nate Anderson, junior college defensive end. Like I look at their roster, and I don't think, man, they got to have more defensive right. end immediately. But because Frazier's pretty good, obviously uh, the coaches think that. Yeah. I mean, Nate Howard, we right. Spencer I, Williams did I still some good don't things. Know what happened with Nate Howard? I mean, he was hurt early in the season, I yeah, guess, and but then I don't buy that that was all year long. I mean, because like he played one entire game, and then he didn't play the next week. Right, and you know, I think there were other things going on that yeah, we that never could knew have about. been. He made towards the end of the season. I remember him making some good plays and mm-hmm. being involved quite a bit. I think like in the Arkansas game and the, yeah. the one before that. But uh, I mean, yeah. you've got him. You've got two hundred fifty pound Trey Williams, who right. coaches like look for four years. People in this town have looked at him and said. If he puts it together, if he gets right. in the right place, the kid's a freak. Yeah, if he can stay healthy. That was one of his problems at Rockridge. I know he got hurt. Um, maybe with the added muscle, that'll be able to keep him going and keep him on the field. But, yeah, he's defensive end was in a position where you're thinking, man, they need to get guys. And they got they got Anderson and then they got Chris Turner coming in. So they're going to have some pretty good depth there going forward. Yeah, and Anderson, look, you don't bring junior college guys into Redger. I mean, sometimes they do, right. but that's never the intention. So And he was a guy that – had talked about coming in at semester and then some yeah. things didn't work out with classes and stuff. Right. So at that have been, if he would have been able to get in then, then I mean, you're talking about yeah that six months extra, but wasn't, wasn't able to work it out. Another Juco defensive lineman, Rashad Brandon out of uh, New York. I, I can't remember maybe ever has Missouri signed a kid from the state of New York, to be quite honest with you. Maybe they have, but, but I sure don't know who it would be. Um, but look, we all know they need, a ton of defensive tackles. If Rashad Brandon does not play next year, something went terribly, terribly wrong. Right, and he's one of the guys that I watched his film a little bit, and he, he definitely he looks like he's got the talent to help out. And there is a play where he he I think he picks up a fumble and runs it back, and you can see some athleticism, and he was stuffing the run and getting after the quarterback. So that I mean they need all the help they can get a defensive tackle with. Just A.J. Logan coming back, essentially. Mark Elutzi and Terry Beckner will be back some point, but you don't know coming off knee injuries. It seems like Beckner before Utsi, Beckner's wasn't as serious. I mean, serious I think they'll be ready for, for the fall start camp. of the season, but will they be 100%? Right. And, uh, so, and especially with Terry now. Look, he's done it twice. Both knees. I've, I've torn a knee ligament twice. It's not as easy as it sounds just to go out there and say, yeah, I'm fine. Right. This won't happen again. Yeah, I'm, I can... I haven't had that type of injury, luckily, so I, I imagine it does kind of stick in the back of your head and make you a little hesitant, and then that's, it seems like when people are thinking about stuff like that, that's when they get hurt again, so hopefully hopefully he's able to overcome that and just get out there and show that talent that he has. Now, we get to the guy that, if I've got to pick one guy who's not a junior college guy who I say I think he plays this year, Terry Petrie, uh, cornerback out of Missouri City, Texas, I, look, they need they need cornerbacks. One of these freshmen is going to play. And I just think I, I think maybe Terry Petrie's a little more ready to play than Sparks. Yeah, he played in uh, 
big school in Houston. I know Missouri City, so in the Houston area, and was I think the one of the defensive players of the year in that region. So super talented. Um, had, was rated a four star for a while by us. Dropped a little bit in the last ranking cycle. But he, he's a guy that has a ton of that, talent. That's because we hate Missouri. Right. right. Yeah, I gave specifically called <laughs> Mike Farrell and told him to drop this guy. Um, he had offers from a lot of good schools. Tom Herman offered him at Houston, and that's a program that had been doing a lot of things. I, I never heard if maybe they kept on him when they went to Texas. Yeah, but it's a, it's a guy that him and Sparks, I mean, they'll be battling for that time. Like we said, the cornerbacks all up in the air. Somebody we didn't mention earlier that will be interesting to see what happens with this. Gerard Alton didn't mm. play at all last right. year because of academic stuff. Um, he uh, he's a guy that was talented coming out of Kirkwood in St. Louis, and he adds a little bit of speed and athleticism to that position. He's not a big guy, but as Aaron Pinton and and EJ Gaines have proved, you don't have to be the biggest, tallest guy to be a really, really good cornerback. Right, uh, Chris Turner, Hammond, Louisiana. He's a little bit like Tyree Gillespie. He's a guy that it doesn't matter how many stars he had. Missouri wanted him back in May. They mm-hmm. wanted him all summer. Uh, some other schools started coming in. Arkansas offered him, got him on a visit, but uh, he stuck with Missouri. I I look at Chris Turner and I think he, he's built right now a little bit like a little bit thicker version of Brian Smith. He probably needs a year in the mm-hmm. weight room, and especially bringing in Nate Anderson, I think you can probably afford to go ahead and do that. Uh, so I would think unless he just comes in and blows your doors off in right. the summer, that he's probably a redshirt guy but a guy that, that you have high hopes for, like immediately after, redshirt freshman season, you expect this kid on the field. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It would be a pretty big surprise if he was able to get on the field with the depth that they have returning. Not any, I guess, not any of the big-name guys like they've had previously with Charles Harris coming back or with Shane Ray coming back, but they have some te- they pretty have good time. guys. Marshall Frazier's good, Spencer Williams, Nate Howard, Trey Williams coming up. So, yeah, redshirt season seems likely for Mr. Turner. Now, Joshua Bledsoe, third safety in the mm-hmm. class, and, and we talked about the other two guys. Uh, Bledsoe's another guy that, that I heard, hey, you know, we know what the ranking is and we know what we think of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know a lot about him. I think we got him to pick up the phone once. He doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't tweet a lot. Uh, it's hard to know too much about Josh Bledsoe at this point. He played some running back in high school, returned kicks. He did a little bit of everything. He was at smaller – Smaller-ish school in a big area in, around Houston, but um, just did a little bit of everything for his team. So I, I he's pegged for safety, but I, I mean he's versatile. He, he, and he's again he's a guy that you look at. He looks like he's going to be able to put on some weight and get over 200 pounds. Uh, where, like we were saying, Cam Hilton, I I can't imagine Cam Hilton probably ever getting to 200 pounds, let alone over it. So getting the guys in here that can get a little bit bigger, add some strength to the back end of that defense, and maybe uh, turn it around from the problems they had last year. All right, now back on the offensive line, Case Cook, Carrollton, Georgia, number four center in the country. If there was a need, I've heard people say they think he could play. I, they bring everybody back. I, I'm not right. sure there's – I, I mean, unless there are injuries, I, I'm not sure that – you want to get Case Cook – you want to get them all ready to play, but I, I'm not sure there's much of a need. Sam Bailey played pretty well when he was able to mm-hmm. stay healthy. And Jonah Dubinsky stepped in and, and played right. a couple of really solid games at the end. Yeah, so all the offensive linemen coming in, like you said, they're going to be getting ready, but there's a good chance that none of them play because there's just the guys they have in there are pretty good. The last year they they played well. There there was nobody that you'd say uh, that he was kind of the weak spot. I mean, maybe right guard a little bit, but 
overall, I mean, it was a solid line, and that's why they were able to have a 3,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard receiver, and a 1,000-yard rusher. And the, the big thing on offensive line with this class is, look, last spring, Missouri had a hard time running two teams. Right. Like, they didn't have enough dudes. So That's it, not going to be a problem anymore. Yeah, you've got bodies, which is a good thing. Uh, all right, Aubrey Miller, linebacker. I know a lot of people love this kid. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's got like a college body already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and linebacker is that spot where you always go, they always play somebody. Right. You know, whether it's special teams or defense, somebody always – last year Baldwin and Kale Garrett both got on there, uh, got on the field. So you look at Aubrey Miller and think, you know, that's a – and uh, that that's a guy that I think somehow makes a contribution next year. Right, and, and the linebacker position has been solid, but there's nobody there that you're like Kentrell Brothers where, you know, he's got that spot mm-hmm. and that's his – or Michael Scherer last year, he's got that spot. His there, I mean – Kale Garrett played pretty well. Brandon Lee's done some good things. Uh, Therese Hall's been good. Um, but Zeus came in and did, right. Zeus came in and did some good things for him. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Miller was the defensive MVP at one of the rivals camps. I think I'm trying to remember which one. If it was like down in Mississippi or somewhere down closer to Memphis, and really, really looked good. He, he went to one of the regional openings and and looked really good. I know it's a guy. Michigan was talking to some other schools that, that he was hearing from, maybe taking some late visits. He decided not to and sticking with Missouri. And like you said, it seems like they always play at least one freshman line, true freshman linebacker each year. And the other candidate is the next guy on our list, and I'm going to make a little bit off-the-wall comparison here. Jamal Brooks is Kim English and Terrence Phillips. Like, right. I don't even – Missouri fans probably don't even have any idea if he can play. But they already love the dude. Right, exactly. He's so outgoing and active on social media, and he's been recruiting this whole class. I mean, he, he doesn't go a day without tweeting something about Mizzou. Now, fans fall out of love with those guys eventually if they can't play. Right. But, it, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I think Jamal Brooks can probably play. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying the first impression is, man, I love this guy because he loves this program. I mean, you – Bessemer City in Alabama, that's a big school, big I, class. I think there's a decent athlete that's come from Bessemer City, Alabama, yeah. somewhere in the past. Yeah. And a dude named Bo. <laughs> he, uh, he he made great plays on that defense. He was all over the place. Him and Miller were both super productive. They were back and forth all year on who would have the most tackles. between. And I think they both finished like up in the 160s or something like that for tackles. And they both Miller had a couple of interceptions returns. Brooks had fumble returns, forced fumbles. So these are guys that were super productive in high school. And I'm a little bit it seems like Brooks maybe leans more to the inside, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger. I, I think you posted on the board the other day he he weighed in at two fifty on his yeah. official visit, which man, that is I don't know when the last time Missouri had a linebacker that weighed two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, I'm gonna guess Sean Weatherspoon got close. Right. You know, because I, I remember Spoon. And, Not as an incoming true freshman. No, but he is very similar to Sean Weatherspoon in the vocal outgoing. I remember after Spoon's first practice of fall camp, like he was listed in the Rivals database. I remember it was like six foot 195. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty skinny kid. First practice in August, he's walking back across the bridge, and I was walking back to my car, and he says, Gabe, dude, I'm 230 now. So get that get that in there. You know, he want, he wanted that out there. He was up to 230 as a true freshman. So And I think know. a similarity between Weatherspoon and Brooks is sometimes people have that attitude of 
being outgoing that they force because they think they that's just natural mm-hmm. to both of them. That's just who they are. And I think that's kind of why fans enjoy them because you can tell a difference between a person that just like forces that stuff out there because that's what they think they need to do to get further in life or whatever. But these Brooks is just that's just who he is. He yeah. just likes talking and, and having a good time and and I mean, I've seen him post stuff where he was beating Jafar Armstrong on uh, Madden or yeah, yeah. NCAA football. I mean, they, they just like to have a good time, and that's just his natural personality. And another comparison uh, to, to Kim English, uh, Kim told us a lot of times when he was here, like, I was looking for somewhere I could go to be like a building block. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to build it up. I didn't want to go somewhere where they were already good. Now, you know, I don't remember what options Kim English had. Maybe he didn't have a lot of options right. where they were. If Duke offered him, maybe he'd have gone there. But, <laughs> you know, uh, hey, I want to go. Hey, Jamal Brooks strikes me as a guy. I don't just want to go somewhere and join the, the party. I want to be looked at. I want this class to be looked at as that's when it started to get going again. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. All right. Now, uh, Larry Borum, uh, offensive lineman out of Michigan. And, and we're seeing so much geographic diversity. Missouri got into Michigan this year. The guy that uh, that they found at a sound mind, sound body camp, and and offered, I think, the same day they first saw him. Uh, huge kid, again, you know, six six three thirty, but probably red shirt. You know, mm-hmm. get him in shape. He he's a guy. After I saw him in night at the zoo, I figured probably actually might want to take a little weight off, just kind of, right. or even if the weight stays the same, just kind of turn it into where better that weight. weight is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a. Uh, I mean, we only have him rated as a two star, but I mean, Missouri's changed their focus a little bit to get those guys that are already coming in over 300 they used to always recruit guys that were six five yeah 260 justin brits and, Connor and things McGovern. i mean which worked out well for them but you just have to wait a little while longer it seems like for those type of guys travis sims came in last year was ready with the weight at as an incoming true freshman and played on uh, field goal packages played in some games when guys got hurt or needed a breather or, or whenever they were there was a blowout either way or the other so that's the kind of that's the option that you're presented with whenever you get guys coming in in that kind of weight area that's ready to play immediately all right we're going to skip forward and leave the next guy Jafar Armstrong for last uh Logan Christofferson like he's the I, I think people probably forget he's in this class yeah they, it, you know Missouri offered him he committed he was happy he's Never made any waves, never mm-hmm. took any visits, never really talked to anybody. And he got hurt his senior season and yeah. didn't – I think he only played the first three right? games or something like that. He did something to his shoulder, I believe. So, yeah, it's been quiet on the front with him. He, nice kid. Which is good. Coaches love that. Right, yeah, it makes it easier. They don't have They don't have to do a lot of uh, You don't have to babysit that. Yeah, don't, no babysitting or anything. So, he, uh, he's got that size, though. I mean, 6'6", six, six or um, we have him listed as 225. And you watch his film, and he's able to go up and – Get the ball. He's not a, a great athlete, I wouldn't say. But when you're that big playing tight end, you don't have to be a great. I wouldn't call like. I mean, I'm not saying Chase this is Hoffman wasn't right. I don't exactly, know if he was a great. No, athlete. not at all. He was I a good athlete. Yeah, and that's kind of what you see when you look at the film for Christofferson. And uh, I mean, he's going to be able to put on some weight and help out on the line. That Missouri uses their tight ends to block. Um, they use him in the backfield. They use him all over the place. So he seems like a guy that's going to be a perfect fit for that. And, I mean, look, Blanton comes back. Reese comes back. Uh, Scales comes back. Albert O comes back. He's right. good shirt uh, Again, unless he just comes in and blows your doors off. Exactly. In fall camp. Uh, Pompey Coleman, um, he's already in school. Broke his leg his senior season. Like, we've it, talked to him a number of times, and he says, hey, I'm coming in here to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, great. Uh, you combine the depth at offensive line with the injury, I'd be shocked. 
Right. But it's the right attitude to come in with. Exactly. And he's he's one that's more of kind of a holdover to the previous O-line recruit. So he's not 240, 250, but 265, 270. He might have been able to put on some weight while he was rehabbing and not able to run a lot and bulk up some. But he's the big offensive tackle that they want, 6'5", 6'6", a little bit more athletic. Um, it's it's interesting to see how this – I don't know. I guess it's Coach Odom, Coach Hypo, and Coach Ellerby working together, figuring out, okay, how do we want this offensive line to look mm-hmm. under us? And it, it, it's definitely different than what it looked like under Coach Pinkle. Uh, another offensive lineman, Hiron White, DeSoto, Texas, powerhouse program. Marcus Murphy was from there. They've got, you know, like a top five player at his position, Xavier Newman from that school, I think is going to Colorado. Maybe maybe opened it up. But uh, Colorado sniffed around Hiron White. Texas has sniffed around him. Um, we haven't really talked to him, but I did find out in the last few days, like, hey, he's solid. Um, no, no real concerns. Did he take his official visit? Yeah, he was here last weekend. He um, was here last he, weekend. He was in town last weekend. And uh, a kid that we don't – another kid, I don't know a lot about him because he committed and that just – that was kind of it. I saw him um, at the Rivals Camp in Texas when I went down there last spring, and he looked good. I talked to him then, and he is just a quiet, reserved kid. He doesn't – you could tell he did the interview begrudgingly, like it wasn't yeah. something that he really wanted to do, which, I mean, you appreciate guys – doing it even though they don't want to but it, it wasn't the greatest interview in the world um nice kid i mean he's legit six six maybe even taller he's got some yeah. tall hair so he looks yeah, like I he's six on, eight i saw him on an unofficial visit and he was giant yeah so it needs to add some weight kind of like coleman um not a ton of weight not like we said not like previous but, guys but he's gonna have to add probably 20 30 pounds i would guess i mean that size left tackle in the future right that's i mean he looks a lot like tyler howell right exactly got that same height and stuff so yeah i could i could see if he's able to come in red shirt put on that weight and and be ready to go out there next year maybe yeah i mean you can just look at this this class and say pompey coleman right tackle hyron white left tackle larry borum and uh and uh you see Durant. You see Durant inside, and then Case Cook at center. Right, they got the There's whole. There's your line. Right, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that, and that's how Coach Ellerby, Coach Heupel, and Coach Odom are looking at it. All right, now uh, Duran Davis, it, really interesting. Was a kid that at the beginning I thought, oh god, there's going to be so much drama covering this. <laughs> no drama, man. Yeah. No other visits. Um, you know, d- incredibly like supportive of the Missouri program mm-hmm. on. Every week it was, hey, they lost, but, man, this is getting better. I can't wait to get down there. Uh, kid that really throughout the process opened up. Like, at first I thought, he's never going to talk to us. Right. He'll, he'll reply most of the time now. He'll do an interview. Out, it, I, not outgoing, is he's not Jamal Brooks, but, right. you know, uh, a thoughtful kid and a uh, kid that's only been playing receiver for two years. Different body type. I think of Jonathan Johnson, though, like, Put him anywhere, and Jonathan Johnson right. is going to make plays. Yeah, he you could, put Deron Davis on the football field; he's going to make plays. He could play inside. He could play outside. You could line him up in the backfield. He played running back for most of his uh, life. He so, could take some wildcat snaps. Right. Yeah, he can do anything. And I mean, he is. I I know you and I have gone back and forth. I think he's the best athlete in the state. I think you. Th- I think said, he's second. Yeah. I, I, I just seeing him in person. I really like Tony Adams. Right. Deron's Deron's bigger though. And I mean. Eric Bossy watched him play basketball, our national basketball analyst for Rivals.com, and said he's one of the best athletes he's ever seen. He's throwing down dunks easily. I mean, the, the kid's a legit 6'2", um, probably 180, I don't know, something like that. And he, he can just go up and get the ball. He's got good hands. He's He was at the, 
by far with Jafar Armstrong and Cameron Babb and some other guys at the Rivals Camp in Kansas City, he think he was clearly the best receiver there. I don't remember yeah. watching it. I mean, he was able to run by guys like Devin Haney, who's a three-star guy that just picked up offers an early offer from Northern Illinois. Um, he he's 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 a, a guy that I could see coming in and playing as a true freshman. I mean, yeah. let him return kicks, let him do whatever he wants, just get the ball in his hand some way, and he's able to make plays. All right, last guy on this list for, you know, just because, let's see, man, Jafar Armstrong. Um, and if you would have asked me three months ago who is the least likely guy to decommit, I'd have said Jafar Armstrong even over Jamal Brooks because he was so much closer. Right. You know, now I know that a big thing on the Internet is reading into tweets. Jafar Armstrong wished Andy Hill happy birthday today, so that's a huge deal, obviously. Yeah, that's it's a lock, um, right? Yeah, but – Look, he's telling us, he's telling other commits, he's telling people, like, look, I'm signing with Missouri. Right. So you got, I, I mean, look, I'm not in the business. I know we're cynical, but when a 17-year-old kid tells me he's signing with Missouri, I got to trust him. You've talked to him a lot. I've talked to him a couple times in person. I mean, he's a good kid. He's not really the type. Good kid. Yeah. You would and, not think he's going to tell you one thing and then go do something completely this kid different. At the camp up at Park Hill, Missouri's one-day camp, mm-hmm. I talked to him that day, and he did not yet have an offer. And he said, Missouri is my dream offer. Like, you knew if the coaches offer this kid, he's jumping on board. And, hey, I know people hate this, but Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Right. I get it. Like, I've I've said for a long time, before I die, I want to go to a football game in South Bend. I want to see it. Yeah. Jafar Armstrong gets to go to campus there. Good for him. Go see it. Take Check your it v- out. official visits, man. Yeah. Free vacations um, are good. I don't know if. Minneapolis, Minnesota would have been the place I personally would have chosen. Right. But he did, whatever. Go enjoy the process. I don't know what his other um, – I mean, Waco, I don't know if I'd have gone to – Yeah, I mean, I know Baylor was sniffing around. Ohio State has talked to him. Right. You know. Um, but never offered, which – Yeah, but Urban Meyer, an offer is a weird concept. <laughs> it's like, I mean, he offers like 800 kids in the spring so that in December he can come back and go, look, man, I offered you in March. I've, right. You know, but – like, does Eli Gardner have an offer from Ohio State? Well, I don't know if technically he does, but Urban Meyer's not flying to Kemp, Texas to hang out with Eli Gardner for a day if he doesn't want him to go play football there. The, I don't know if how it would work, but that's something I think they should look into changing. Like, yeah, you I, should have to either give him a written offer, let him give— And that's why I like an early signing period. Like, And I like it in July. If you offer the kid and he wants to sign, you're locked into him. Now. Right. You should be able to give a kid a written offer anytime. I don't know why you have to wait until the their senior season. If you decide when they're a freshman, you like a kid enough to give him an offer, go ahead and let them send out a written offer, and then they'll know, all right, I have this offer in my hand. If I want to commit there, I can try to. And the coaches will say, oh, no, we filled your spot or something like that, but they won't be able to say, no, we never really right. committed you exactly. or offered you or anything like that. So, um, back to Jafar, I mean, it, just uh, look, again, we, we think he's signing with Missouri, but nobody's going to feel great about it until next Wednesday, until mm-hmm. they tweet the, hey, J- welcome Jafar Armstrong. But on the football field, I remember seeing him at camp at Rockhurst, and I thought, this kid's really good, man. Yeah. I, I really like this kid. I don't know where he plays, maybe, but I really like him. And then we saw him at Missouri's one-day camp, and he was clearly one of the top – I mean, I think Chester Graves was probably the best player there, but I think Jafar was right in that discussion for number two. Um, I was surpri- I'm was i not surprised that he has the offers he has now. What I'm surprised about is that he didn't have them in September. Right. 
he at that Kansas City camp, he was I would say he was right there with Cameron Babb as the second best receiver uh, behind oh, Davis. Think. Yeah, and um, that's I mean because Cameron Babb, obviously four star top one hundred guy, um, and Armstrong. I I think you could put him inside and he could be a guy that's quick enough and strong enough to to it, shed he as somebody me as a slot guy. Right, and uh, I mean he's a little taller than what people think of slot guys probably, but uh, I mean. I also think he's he's fast enough and athletic enough that you could line him up outside and he could get the job done out there too. So it's a it's a good problem for Missouri to have with all these wide receivers coming in. That have, yeah. <laughs> we got a Denario and, Alexander comparison. We got a guy that can play in, like Johnson, literally yeah. anywhere on the field, and then a guy that can play inside outside. So and uh, and look, I think Missouri's best asset in getting Jafar Armstrong to sign that letter is Deron Davis. Right, those kids are good friends. They've talked for a year and a half about playing together, and I'm sure Jamal Brooks has been end, all over him too because yeah. they seem like they're pretty. Although they they don't live as obviously Duran and Jafar are just right there next to each other, but uh, it, that whole class has got a pretty tight bond. I know. So, uh, to me, I don't know where you stand. I would be really, really surprised if he didn't end up signing with Missouri. I I, I don't. I might drop one of the release, right. but I'd be surprised. So uh, those are the 22 guys they've got committed. They've got room for up to six more. I don't know if they'll take six more. I, I think You don't know this, if they would or you don't know if they'll be able to get – I don't know if there are six guys they want right. who are going to commit. I think rather than 28, I'm leaning toward maybe 26 in this class, Right. 23 on uh, next Wednesday. So signing day is next Wednesday. Missouri's having their press conference at 1130. They are then driving to Kansas City and flying to St. Louis to do three in one day. Press conference at 11.30. Well, they're and, in Columbia till 1. Right. And, yeah. and then they're driving to Kansas City at like 4 and then flying from Kansas City to St. Louis for something like an hour later. But what that indicates to me, having it at 11.30, like this isn't going to stretch out. We're not waiting for any announcements. We're going to know who's in this class by 9 a.m. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the makes the most sense. If you're doing a little detective work, that's how I would lean to it, which is nice for us. Yes. I mean, yeah. get it done early, get us... Be done by dinner. Um, writing, yeah, and then out for dinner and drinks. Forty-four stone, here we come. Um, but uh, you know, so obviously we will follow all the kids on the visits this weekend. We'll gear up, and I think we'll probably we'll probably be just on campus. I mean, we may be able to find if we find a need that somebody's got to be at Bishop Miege because we don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. We'll work that out. But as of now. I don't really see anywhere where we're going. I mean, nobody's going to Kemp, Texas. You right. know, I, I don't see anything. We're not going to have a Terry Beckner announcement where we have to be there. Right, yeah, it doesn't seem like it at this point. Um, if you were, if somebody gave you the over-under on this class, you'd, you'd take the over on 25 and a half then, you think? Over on 25 and a half, under on 27 and a half. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in between That's there. So, I mean, that leaves th- four guys, right? Yeah, four guys. I mean, Caleb Sampson's out there. Um, Walter Palomar. They seem to be in really good shape. Young are out there. Um, in one, let's see. Yeah, you know, and, and then you've got guys like Zion Debose and Terry Wright after signing day. But I'm just talking just on Wednesday. I, I say 26. Um, so that hopefully that catches everybody up. Look, if you've been on power, and this is the best advertisement we can do every year. And for those of you listening, we will be running a promo early next week leading up to National Signing Day. So if you're not a member. Next Tuesday, next Wednesday, jump on board. Like, signing day this year in this class of 2018 is going to be the time that you want to start following Mizzou recruiting if you don't already. But the best advertisement uh, that I can give is 
Look, if you are a subscriber to Power Mizzou, you probably learned nothing in this podcast. Right. It, you know all this. As long as you, you can read, you should have known all this stuff. Okay. If you so, can't read, I'm not sure why you subscribe. Yeah, some of you may have learned some. Not anybody in particular. Just some of <laughs> you may have learned something. But, yes, if you're literate, you probably didn't learn a whole lot. But, uh, you know, this is for the more the podcast we try to gear it toward a little bit more casual fan right you know so uh so hopefully you guys enjoyed that we've gone uh, longer than than we go on most of these we will be back next thursday we'll have some some stuff from some of the coaches we'll talk to every coach about every kid they sign um we will look forward to 2018 as well i know we've already done a lot of that but we'll do some of that um missouri plays basketball again before then any Do thoughts? we have to? Yeah, I have no thoughts. I just wanted <laughs> to see if you had any thoughts. Uh, I, what is it? Twelve more games now. There hey, you go. Just start. Or no, because they get the SEC tournament. So yeah, I, thirteen. I I get to hang out with Frank Martin on Saturday night. I like hanging out with Frank <laughs> Martin. So anyway, uh, appreciate you guys listening. We will be back next Thursday morning, uh, Thursday afternoon to kind of recap National Signing Day and to look ahead. Uh, but for Brian Austin, I am Gabe DeArmond, and uh, pay attention because we only got six days left.